Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast. Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy. It's simple. It's fun to use. And like me, I'm not very technical oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy. If you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality 
questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. got to keep an open mind and, and conceive this stuff because you, you won't see the science behind quantum physics but you have to understand that it's all been established scientifically by physicists and and it's accepted and the theory that i get into with bigfoot is what's what's hard to grasp because i think they they have a way of changing to another dimension possibly We, we talked at different places and we didn't talk about that so much. He only mentioned one thing in his book that he wrote, uh, co-wrote with uh, Anne Slate called Bigfoot. And uh, he talks about uh, what he went through with I.E. Teibel, trying to get the uh, sounds verified or, and uh, what went on with the Johnson brothers one night up there when these lights were following them around. Welcome back to another exciting episode of My Third Eye. On this episode, I have the privilege and honor to sit down and talk to the one of the greatest names in the Bigfoot community, and that is the man himself, Ron Moorhead. If you are not familiar with Ron Moorhead, he is the one that captured the Sierra sounds, which you will hear after this intro. I will I will play what he actually captured back in the in the 70s. We talk a little bit about um, what was going on when, when they went up into the Sierra Nevada mountains and, and, you know, even had a journalist come to, to debunk them at, at one point. So sit back and enjoy this episode. We get into a little quantum um, entanglement towards the end as well. So this is a little shorter of an episode that, that I normally do. But keep in mind, you know, Ron's not a spring chicken anymore. And, you know, it, you know, not everybody can go for a couple hours and, and what have you which is fine. Uh, I had a great time and a great privilege and, and honor, like I said, to, to speak with him. On the other end of things, please go to patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. I have three members over there that I can't thank enough uh, for, for the support. You know, it, it started with one person and that was Chris James. Now, Paul, I'm going to butcher your last name, so I'm not even going to try it, but I know who you are, um, and thank you for your, for your support as well, and thank you, Ryan Dean from Dangerous World Podcast. Uh, those are the three supporters of Talk at the Tavern over on uh, Patreon. That's four, five, almost six hours of, of pure entertainment that you get, five bucks a month, and I'm going to work on putting other things out there and, you know, maybe some of the... Uh, collaborations that Ryan and I do together um, over there. But uh, so, yeah, thank you. And why I'm speaking to Ryan, go, go check out his Patreon as well. It's Dangerous World, patreon.com forward slash Dangerous World Podcast. You know, show him some love as well. He's got a couple different tiers over there. Also, while we're, we're talking on, on that kind of subject, get over to YouTube. Give me a, a, a follow, you know, subscribe to the channel, you know, My Third Eye Podcast. Again, I don't care if you, you 
watch them or or, or not you know just just give me a, a, a sub, sub, you know hit that sub button smash it do do whatever you got to do and you know follow me on instagram uh my third eye podcast i just opened a, a tiktok account so it's my third eye podcast uh over at telegram t.me forward slash my third eye pod and if you have any information c- constructive criticism hate mail good mail i don't care you want to be on the show you know hit me up at my third ipod at gmail.com you know give me an email you know send it i love reading them and uh you know why we're on that subject there's other other ways that you can you can help support the show and that's going over to itunes and giving me a, a five-star rating and review and also through spotify you can do the same thing so that's that's pretty cool i don't know um on to housekeeping i, I can't stress this enough i went one day without my curcumin and uh wow i i felt like my knees were gonna fall apart you know just going up and down some steps and i didn't put two and two together and i was just like holy shit it's because i didn't take my curcumin and my my knee and joint pain was starting to come back so it's 35 dollars for a bottle at last a month you can't go wrong you know what i mean just hit up kelly fish chisel on ig and i or go into the show notes and i have every type of way to get a hold of her um on that note again hit the patreon patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast and like and subscribe on youtube and you know five star ratings and tell a friend you know if you like this episode and you know you think somebody else might like it tell them share it you know get the word out there help me grow and with that i I can help make better content for you down the road you know that's what the patreon's you know all about you know it, it takes a little bit to uh produce these episodes it's not like you know producing a weekly one when you get up to uh you know five almost six hours worth of content it it takes a lot especially with older equipment so hopefully get enough subscribers over there we can maybe do you know round tables you know you guys are subscribing to the tavern um so i'm gonna invite you to to the tavern it's only fair you know you're 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 on that tier so having said that i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna let this episode take it take it journey into the quantum side of bigfoot and the sierra sounds with ron morgan range for night Bill.
another episode ladies and gentlemen tonight i am honored to have a, a guest on that i have found his work fascinating and the stuff that he has captured um in real life to in my eyes prove the existence of sasquatch um i can't really say much more than i i'm i'm again so honored and thankful to have mr ron moorhead here the guy that years and years ago set out to go hunting and uh, way up in the Sierra Nevadas and captured some noises that have been analyzed over the years by many people to have been proven to be a, a, a type of uh, language dialect, however you want to put it, but nobody can actually just pick out what they're saying. Um, so I'm going to let Ron tell his side of the story and his adventures and where it's taken him from, from capturing that to where he is now. I know, I know you've written a, a couple books, so you know, feel free to plug anything that you want and uh, let people know where they can find you. I give you Ron Moorhead. Well, <clears throat> thank you for the introduction, Mr. Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Well, it started with me in 1971 when I was 29 years old. And uh, 
it's uh, continued ever since. I've been uh, following these group of hunters, and uh, there were friends of mine, actually a couple of them are seniors, they've been uh, hunting up there since like 58. So things had happened before, but they never put off the big birthday, so there or something like that. But, uh, it was 1971 when the Johnson brothers went up there, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't really a hunter, then. I was just friends with them. And, uh, they encountered these things, came around the camp and started really making some noise. And they knew it wasn't there from the experiences. And so they looked uh, out, told the other guys that were hunters. So uh, I didn't hunt, like I say, at the time. So anyway, uh, one of them got scared off. He was going up there and he just well, so he left the open this morning. You can't leave up there at night. When this stuff happens, you're stuck there. It's eight miles in the wilderness. <laughs> On the trails and if you find the trail and, and it's about 8400 feet elevation but there's a, quite a trek to get in there and he came out but the guys didn't come out behind him and he told the wise well there's some kind of monster up there these guys are telling the truth so uh, anyway uh he wouldn't go back but they wanted to go back see if the guys were okay so asked me if i'd go up there with him and up there just and see what's going on because you don't know what you're dealing with. We didn't know what we were dealing with. They didn't know what they were dealing with. There's something with a great big foot and a great big voice and just a big presence. And uh, so your audio keeps cutting in and out. Oh, does it? Yeah. I put my headset on. Headset. Okay. I don't know. It was. It was... <laughs> weird things happen sometimes on, on, on this show. And it's not like we're, I mean, some people call, you know, Sasquatch paranormal and, and, and what have you. And, and weird, weird things do happen with, with Sasquatch, but you know, there's, there's times I've, I'm sitting here and, you know, I, I've been on a, a, a show, you know, telling, you know, a paranormal encounter that I had. And all of a sudden, you know, my webcam light just turns on and it's, it's like a touch light. And then, I think it was last night I was doing an interview and my ceiling light was, it was the only one in the whole house. It just started flickering. Like it would flicker like three or four times, stop flicker three or four times, stop. So I don't know. It was, like I said, it was fine when, when we first started, but you know, weird things happen and you know, that's the name of the game in the podcast business. So, you know, can you hear me now? Yes. That's much better. Oh, better. Okay. I'll just keep these on. Yeah. So maybe hoping uh, the little earplug would work, but it, yeah, that that's that's a thousand times better. If you anyway, wanna, I if went you... back up with this guy. Uh, we walked in there, and uh, the guys were okay. They were just packing up to leave out, but they just had some more stuff going on. So that's when I got involved in it. That was 1971, and I became a hunter that year, and just started going up there with them as often as I could, and went back as often as I could find someone to go with me. One of the groups. We kind of keep the area private, the for where where it's located, and we're private, and uh, uh, for obvious reasons. Now uh, we didn't talk about what the strange stuff that went on up there because uh, the we were all well, I was a businessman, and so were the other guys. Some of them, and they just didn't let that out because in those days, seventy one, you was considered a screwball if you believed in Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, and, well, he, but Bigfoot was not on sometimes. it was not on our radar at all. We did not. Uh, I was looking for it when I went up there because I seen when I first went up there with that guy, I seen the tracks. I heard some of the recordings because those guys were back with tape records this time. 
And so we all started going up there as often as we could. I took tape recorders, and it was 1972 when we got Alan Barry involved. He's an investigative reporter. That's via a 23-page letter that Warren Johnson wrote to Ivan Sanderson, a cryptozoologist, and he thought it was probably somebody pulling his leg. So he sent it off to Peter Byrne, who was in Oregon at the time, the Dalles, and had a big research center going on there. Peter thought the same thing. Of course, I didn't know any of this, so I read the letters later on by communication back and forth between them. Uh, Peter thought, well, it might be worth, I'll get a hold of Alan Berry. He was in California. He could go down and check it out and see what uh, what these guys are all about. So he went down there thinking it was hoax too, but he interviewed us each individually and together. And we later listened to some of the sounds and ended up inviting him into the camp you know, when we could get in after the snow had melted enough. And he went in and uh, started experiencing the same thing. And he was looking for a hoax, like like everybody thought it probably was, but uh, couldn't find one. And uh, we did capture sounds, though, and uh, that's how it all began for me. And uh, I started going back as often as I could. And this went on for repeated after each time, not each time, but quite often. If we would go up there, we'd have these things coming around. And it wasn't until 76 when they stopped coming in close some strange things still happen you still hear them from a distance sometimes but they didn't come in close and i think i think i know the reason for that but then that's written about in my book voices and wilderness why i think they stopped coming in close or maybe they just lost interest in us because we thought we were studying them we underestimated what we're dealing with at the time we didn't know we just right. didn't know didn't think about what these things could be but my 50 years now researching this has led me to some interesting uh, theories about what they could be and mainly uh, associated with the anomalies that were that were going on when when these things were in camp things that would happen and uh, we can talk about that here in a little bit if you want to but absolutely uh, it was 1976 i think it was when uh, dr curlin at the university of wyoming uh alberic got a hold of him and he took some of the original tapes that he had up to Dr. Curlin, he's a sound engineer at the University of uh, uh, Wyoming. And uh, he studied them for a year. He said, there's no fakery in them. There's no, have not been speeded up. They've not been slowed down. They're inside and outside the average human range. And uh, it shows he's got a graph. He wrote a paper on it and presented it to the Anthropology of the Unknown at, at Vancouver, BC in 1978, it was. And uh, that was a big, big jump. Because we showed, he showed that the sounds were not manipulated. They had not been, there was no 60 cycle hum in them. Because Al Berry knew that part. He had already had uh, Ivy Teibel, New York, uh, people that studied the Watergate tapes, uh, mm -hmm. listen to them. And uh, they didn't do a full blown study like, uh, like, well, like Curlin did. He really analyzed them for a long time. And they said there was no 60 cycle hum. They were too heavy and too powerful to be human made. Curlin said that they, estimated to be around eight foot tall whatever compared to the human vocal range and that was substantiated again by a uh, dr benson benson yeah at uh, texas a m he listened to him and just uh, briefly like like ivy Tybel did and uh said that represented an eight foot about eight foot three animal compared to human wow. so their voice range is uh, much superior to ours it goes inside outside up and down i i kind of believe they can get in infrasound and ultrasound too so these things have a voice voice mechanism far superior to ours, and uh, I think they can mimic just about anything they want to mimic. And I'm quite sure of that from just the reports I've been taking over the years and 
different things that's happened even with us up there yeah so. you hear you hear uh like i had mentioned uh on west germer shows there's there's a couple of interviews you know you, you hear um people letting their dogs out and they hear a mimic of of them calling their dog you know what i mean but it, but it's not perfect but it, it, it you know what i mean it sounds so familiar or or mimicking a, a, a bird you know what i mean but it's just slightly off to a to a de- to a degree that you know eh, it's not quite a crow or, or an owl or what you know mm-hmm. well they can mimic and i just believe that because one time my daughter and i was up there and we thought we was listening to an owl up the canyon a ways and I thought, well, I'll turn my little tape, right, little cassette tape. That's all we had in those days, cassettes. So I turned my little cassette tape recorder on, but the to say I, I was going to record this owl, and uh, I turned it on. The squeal came out of the speakers. You know how a squeal will feed back mm-hmm. from the microphone, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden that owl turned into a bigfoot chattering. Oh, so uh, that's that's what I say is like a four hundred pound owl, or maybe more like an eight hundred pound owl. Yeah, maybe. no kidding. But yeah, their aptitude gives them away on some of that stuff. Now, when you uh, when you guys first heard these these, t- what are now known as the Sierra sounds, did you guys ever feel threatened or, you know, like it was an intimidation type thing or maybe, I, I mean, you're coming across something for the very first time and you know, obviously being you know, knowing that okay, nothing in the woods makes this type of sound. You know, did, mm-hmm. did you feel threatened or? Well, at first you do, you, you feel, but you don't know what it is. So you don't know if they're going to tear in the shelter at you, but the sounds that we first started recording were very, very aggressive sounding, you know, chest being and, and chattering back and forth. And you don't know what they're chattering about, but they're, they're arguing about something or talking about something. Uh, we thought for a while it might be, who's going to put the salt pepper on us, so right. like, <laughs> you know, eat us or carry us away to sleep bag, whatever you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. So you're a little concerned. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But we're all heavily armed. I got to tell you that we're, we got our, our guns ready to go. And uh, if they had came in after us, we'd have, we'd probably all been deaf now. I don't know if we'd stopped them or not, but we'd have been quite a gun show then. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't shoot at them. They didn't threaten us inside. You know, they didn't really, they, it's like a dog barking at you, didn't bite, you know. Uh, so that went on for quite a while, all 71, 72. And it wasn't until uh, 74 when uh, they started interacting with us when we were outside the shelter. Me and my friend uh, Bill went up there in 1974. And and uh, I write about this in my Voices of Wilderness book, too. And, uh, they started yelling, popping rocks and pounding trees and whooping sounds back and forth. I got my little cassette recorder out of my saddlebag and uh just started recording them and we just went on doing what we we're doing standing around the stove because worst thing you can do when this happens we found from our experience anyway is you get up jump around shine a flashlight whatever you're going to do and that'll get rid of them and because uh, they i think they do the things they do just to see what you're going to do right and then if they feel safe they'll come in closer and that's what happened in 1974 when I started recording, it actually came around across as a samurai cry is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, samurai language. That, Matt Moneymaker actually from the BFRO <laughs> coined that. He heard that in 1995, just before he started the BFRO. And uh, he um, he coined it. Hey, that's not like a samurai cry. So it's kind of stuck with it all this time. And actually. It, uh, it is uh, funny because 
I, I talked to other, you know, podcasters. We, we just wrapped up uh, an episode a couple of weeks ago. Jamie was my guest on it, um, talking about Sasquatch and what, you know, what we thought. And, you know, Jamie told his experience and what have you. And, and I had mentioned, you know, you and the Sierra sounds and the other podcaster was like, is that similar to the, the samurai chatter or samurai cry? And I'm like, it, yeah, it is the same thing, but it, 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 was, it was originally the Sierra sounds, you know, cause that's where they came from. And he's like, Oh, okay. I got you. But yeah, <laughs> it's just, one yeah, of those yeah, it's kind of got a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it's, yeah, uh, there's a lot more went on that night besides the samurai cry. You know, they were actually chattering and they were trying to say something to me. They started yelling at me. That's when I really got to, I, I was mimicking them back thinking, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm going to play with it a little bit because we felt pretty safe then. Right. Uh, we didn't feel like we was going to get eaten or anything. So, and we were outside the shelter because that's, that's kind of unique. Just Bill and I, because we had left early that morning uh, with our, uh, our mules and horses just to get the supplies into camp because we had some barrels we'd hauled in and it was a stove we'd hauled in reassembled to that year and we just had we, we was there just the two of us and he and i have always had pretty good luck with these things coming around when we're there and uh so anyway uh they were there when we got to camp which was i thought pretty neat but we kind of knew they were because you know, they were around because i found the track on uh, perpendicular to the trail on, on my right end when i was lead horse and i i saw a big track of the trail so a lot went on and i established really unequivocally just for sure that they were in camp when we got there and that's because of the evidence we found the next day they had left a couple broken branches up on the uh, top of the shelter green ones from the spring nearby and and i found a big track and and right around the camp there and where Bill went in that night when we went in, he dropped the cover off his dust cover off his rifle scope and it fell in the track. Well, the dust cover was just leaning on the track. So it would have been mashed down if the track had been made afterwards. Right. So uh, there's things like that. Uh, so anyway, that's how it happened in 74. And uh, then we had some, another incident in 76 happened that really, I think, put a stop on it. And we had a Bigfoot, uh, making some sounds up behind the shelter up there. And at the same time, there was something tearing up our, our camp area. And we thought, you know, could that be the Bigfoot? Because they're saying something up behind us up there. And we looked out there because we heard our packs rip with the food we had in it. And uh, that's, that was a bear. And he was trying to get our food. <laughs> he was getting it. <laughs> so we ran out there and uh, ran him off or tried to run him off. He went out and took off and started circling, circling. We went back in the shelter. First thing you know, you hear it again out there. Look out there. There he is again. This one of three times. Well, the third time took our, our rifles ready to shoot if we had to. And we had to. He, he said, no, those apples are too good. I'm coming back for them. You guys get out of my way. Right. But we shot him probably 20 feet away from us. He stood up and uh, he was just going to come in. So anyway, I, that, Disturbed me the next day. We we skin him out and ate him and uh, in a barbecue, a deep hit barbecue, and that was a little. It looks like they look like little people. I mean, not big little people, but people. You know, when you skin mm -hmm. them out, and you know, it just kind of turned me off a little bit. But we had to do what we did, and we did it, and that kind of stopped the close end stuff. I really don't know what was going on in Bigfoot's minds then, but. 
they never came around in real close to us like they used to. I mean, when I say real close, we could be in, was inside the shelter. They, you could hear them walking around right outside the shelter and, uh, the sounds we're making were just right, right close by us. And that's, uh, depicted in the recordings that you hear on my volume one CD that I, I produced the interaction produced. interaction that I did that night is pretty much, uh, from 1974 is uh, my second CD. And, uh, it gives a lot of people the eye insight of what went on with us up there. To me, it almost sounds like uh, the, the Sasquatch was pissed that the bear was in there because you've never shown, you know, any, any violence or whatever. And maybe it was trying to, you know, just use his voice to, to get him to leave. And you guys came in a little, you know, came in and he did, maybe didn't want to, sh- you know, show himself and get that close to you guys. And then, that's a good insight. You know, uh, it just then, uh, we, you know, we thought the same thing. Uh, I mean, I thought the same thing. And, right. And then uh, maybe they were trying the to guns, warn us. Yeah. And the guns really, maybe, maybe that's what really scared them off. You know, not wanting to come in, you know, anymore because you know they yeah. they saw that violent side. Even though you yeah, had to do what you need to do. I, you know yeah. I kind of disagree with thinking it it scared them. I don't think they're scared of anything. I think they can elude any anybody or anything. When they want to it will why they were interacting with us like they were uh, we we don't know right other than they maybe they weren't supposed to but because uh, i don't think anything's supposed to mess with our our karmatic uh, life that we have or experiences we're experiencing we're supposed to react to them with their own individuality and uh, if they start interfering with us well uh as far as if they are a little extra which i'll get into in a few minutes but okay they're a little more, they're a little more than just a wild apron around the woods. I got to tell you that they just a lot more than that. There's too many mysteries went on with them. And for a long time, Al Berry, the investigative report we took up there in 72, he, he had a master's degree in science. And he said, you know, you got to say with science, don't talk about the strange stuff that's going on with these things up here. They won't believe any of what you're saying. So we didn't for a long time. Him and I talked to different conventions years and years ago. He passed away in 2012. And uh, anyway, uh, we we talked at different places, and we didn't talk about that so much. He only mentioned one thing in his book that he wrote, uh, co-wrote with uh, uh, Ann Slate, called Bigfoot. And uh, he talks about uh, what he went through with I.E. Tybal, trying to get the uh, sounds verified, or and uh, what went on with the Johnson brothers one night up there when these lights were following them around, and uh, orbs, if you want to call them orbs, whatever they are, but they're, in my opinion, a source of energy. They, they have an intelligence behind them. We've watched them before, but that's not all. I've, I've heard other things, a lot of mysteries up there that went on with us. One time, I've mentioned this quite a bit, we thought our camp was being tore apart out there again. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> we look out there after it's all stopped because we thought, well, if Bigfoot wanting something to eat, he can have it. You know, we just let it go because the night the bear was in there, there was actually tore our packs. That's a, that's a no-no. Those things are hard to get a hold of, you know. And uh, But this time, uh, whatever it was, we just messed around with our barrels in there. And we thought, but we looked out there and nothing had changed. Nothing was strung out like it sounded like was happening. And uh, it's hard to explain stuff like that. I mean, it, were they hypnotizing us all in the shelter there? Or uh, were they just making us think we heard that? Or were they actually able to create those sounds with their vocal mechanism? 
or were we listening or hearing into another dimension? I don't know, because I do know now that there are other dimensions out there. I got into quantum physics after this, trying to find some answers and some kind of a, a science behind the anomalies that were associated with these things. At the time when I heard a big tuning fork, I thought above our sudden, this is daytime, uh, just a huge something. You couldn't find the source of it. And uh, I don't know, something cloaked up there. I didn't think about cloaking. I didn't think about anything being able to disappear. You know, over the years, I've heard people say, well, I saw one disappear. Well, you throw those out with the baby water during it when you hear them. But you hear so many of them from different people. First thing you know, you got to put some some credibility to it. You know, they've got to find out how can that happen or can it happen? These people aren't lying to me. They sincerely thought they saw it disappear. Well, then I get into quantum physics. I find out that that there's a range of light that we only see. We only see within certain parameters, certain frequencies, I should say. And the light's frequency is 430 terahertz to 770 terahertz. Outside of that, all these other frequencies, also these other dimensions that exist, um, quantum physics gets into 10, I think it's at least 10 different dimensions there are, and well, even three. We're very limited with our human, uh, what we are as humans. We're not really limited, but we think we are. Right. So I get into that too a little bit because we're a lot more than what we're showing. We've got a lot more evolving to do. I fully agree with you on that. that fully agree. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, oh, go ahead. I, uh, it wasn't until 2008 when uh, Scott Nelson crypto linguist got a hold of these by accident he heard the bf he heard sounds on the bfro.org and and he said i gotta find out he just sounds like a language to me and he's a crypto linguist trained by the navy two-time graduate of the, of the school for foreign languages trained by the navy to transcribe languages to see if it is a language or if it's a code or if there's any deception in the sounds and he went through those things he came out and interviewed al and i both together found the context of the sounds and went back and said it on himself. And, and he, uh, he says they have a language by the human definition of language, which is important. I didn't realize how important until a few years later, but when you got language by the human definition of language, that means you have a morphine stream of words, which make a cognizant sentence like I'm talking now, I hope. And anyway, uh, that, that's important because we're only, according to Dr. Lieberman, Brown University, linguistics he says only humans have the vocal mechanism for language hmm. and it's the hyoid bone connected to the tongue nervous system into the brain which tells us how we can talk with what we're seeing well these things have that so that tells me something that tells me it takes us to another level that means there's a human component to the ones we dealt with or there's a bigfoot component to us but how you want to look at it i guess right. but uh, that got me into uh, another whole other field and now when you when you bring aliens into the picture, which they are in the picture, whether we want to believe it or not, they are. And uh, I've seen remnants of them. I've, I've seen evidence of them. And, and there's just too much information out there now. And even the government now says we can believe in aliens. They're not all weather balloons anymore. They're aliens. Yeah. <laughs> At least swamp UFOs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that got me into quantum physics, studying that for years. And finally, that's when I wrote my second book, The Quantum Bigfoot. And it gets into how I explain the anomalies associated with these different things that people reported to me and that I experienced myself, me and the other guys with me. So anyway, uh, that's where I go with it. And uh, uh, I, I think it's pretty fun, really. I it spent is. 50 years now, over 50 years doing this. And and I've been all over the planet pretty much. I've been down into, uh, I've been over in Nepal, I've been up in Siberia, 
Moscow, had dinner with the senator of Moscow. How about that? <laughs> Spoke at the Darwin <laughs> Museum the next day. And uh, anyway, it's a uh, it's been a fun. It's been an adventure. South America is probably I've been down there twice. Look at the anomalies down there, the big megalithic structures. What took me down there was the elongated skulls that uh, Brian Forster's uh, uh, yeah, the, kind uh, of the, discovered. The Paracas skulls. Yeah, yeah. We went down those studying neat. those and uh, weighing them, and they had about thirty percent more brain matter uh, than we do. Now, most people say, "Oh, those are cradle board by the Incas." Well, that's true. The cradle board the Incas did cradle board. This is a pre-Inca people, though. We think because what we studied was not cradleboard. They had a single parietal, no sagittal suture up here, uh, two little pinholes in the back of their head. Uh, they're they're not they're not totally human. Right. They crossbred, I believe. You. Yeah, they crossbred with Incas. However, their mitochondrial DNA is chased back into uh, in the Turkey area in Tobacco, Asia. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting how they all got together you know right of course, land, I think south america and africa were probably joined at one time because when we talk about a flood and when people talk about the flood of noah or whatever you want to talk about or all cultures have a mm-hmm. record of a catastrophic flood happening well we're, we're not talking about a bunch of rain we're talking about a catastrophic event which raised ground level it raised lord islands it there's stuff at Titicaca, Lake Titicaca in Peru, Bolivia, where I went up. And there's there's evidence of of, of ocean beings in the, in the water up there in that lake. Well, there were 13,000 feet in elevation. You right. know? <laughs> uh, uh, it kind of opens your mind up when you see some of this stuff down there. Well, my trip down there for the elongated skulls will see if it had anything to do with the elongated uh, sagittal crest that they report so much on Bigfoot up here. And it seemed to. Uh, the Incas had stories of warring with uh, Mayans and Aztecs in Central America, and uh, they have stories of warring with giants in the north, north of them, which brings it right up where we are. Right. It took me into the Lovelock Caves. I've been there four times trying to find evidence because the Lovelock Caves say that the Paiutes warred with cannibalistic giants, and the evidence of those were found in 1911. However, you can't see those evidence. You can't see that evidence anymore. It's been hauled away and stored by Smithsonian, they say. Shocker. Uh, yeah. It wasn't until 1928 until some kind of a study went on in there. And by then, it had all been pillaged out, too, a lot of it. And, but it was under five feet of bat guana uh, in the cave. And it's uh, anyway, that took me there. But there's also been other reports in the Sierras of giants. Uh, and Dr. Denton, a uh, bishop who went in there with a bunch of Boy Scouts into the minarets, and he found a giant skull that his donkey or mule kicked up when they had him tied up. He said, wow, that's unique. That's human looking. So he, he sent it down to UCLA, and that's where you lose track of it because it all of a sudden disappears. You know, not strange how this stuff disappears. Absolutely. And then you got the minaret, minaret, uh, Martindale mummy, excuse me, <laughs> found in Yosemite. That was uh, 1998 when some miners uh, found it. And uh, I think seven and a half foot tall. Its counterpart would have been over eight foot tall as a woman, a female. And uh, you got stuff going on. You got all kinds of reports in Sierras. That's where our event happened in Sierras. So now, how close still around. to the Sierras was uh, the, the famous Patterson Gimlin film? Is that similar because i'm not i'm oh. not super familiar with with that geography but 
Uh, no, that's up in Northern California. Northern, further. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. up in the uh, uh, around Eureka area, Bluff right. Creek, uh, 1967. This happened, started happening less than 71. <clears throat> anyway, it's been exciting. It's a lot of fun doing it. It's a lot of fun being on programs like this and talking about it, especially when I get into the quantum theory of, well, like I said, I think when people die, I got to tell you this because your name is Ghost, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think they everything's frequency, energy, and vibration, according to the Tesla, according to physics. That's just the law. By the way, so many people say that quantum physics only works within the micro world. Well, that's BS. Um, according to uh, Christopher Blair, B A I R D, Baird, at West Texas AM, quantum physics is a, is a, is it works from the atom all the way through the cosmos. So you only notice it from our microwave ovens or cell phones and stuff like that, but, but it's actually working in us right now. It works throughout the universe. So when you get into understanding that it's really active wherever you are, you get into your consciousness then. Can you think can things happen with your consciousness? Hmm, interesting question. Oh. Huh? <laughs> well, um, yes, I think they can. I think every, if everything goes through frequency, energy, and vibration, we are at the most minute level energy vibrating at a frequency. So when you, according to Stephen Hawkins, according to Einstein, according to physics, energy cannot die. It can only change form. So if it can only change form, it goes into another vibration, another frequency. Well, that's where I think you'll see ghosts. It depends on the temperature, but in the fourth dimension of time, we're trying to reach a vibrational frequency that they haven't gotten to. How do we raise our vibrational frequency high enough to get where we need to go? There's a way to do that. We talked talk about the last 15 minutes of program because <laughs> it's think, important. Yeah, it's very absolutely. important. I mean, I, I yeah. scheduled for for two hours. You go, you take your time. If if you want to wrap it up earlier than that or go longer, okay, we're good. good. So <laughs> I get hungry. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're you're a few hours behind me, but uh, uh, where are you? I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. I thought you were on the East Coast. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm on the East Coast now. I used to be I've been a California oh. bred, and I'm California, um, pretty much uh, Oregon and Washington is where I just moved out of Washington. I was up there for eight years. Oh, okay, we're on the Peninsula, East Coast. Did you move? North Carolina. Oh, okay. That, that, that's a nice state. Loving it yeah. so far. Yeah, just pretty, and people are so friendly back here. And, oh, totally. I went down yeah. to, uh, uh, it wasn't the Outer Banks, um, Topsail Island. Uh, a few years ago with my my wife and her family and that was the first time i'd been to the beach since i was young and i never was a beach kind of guy because i got sunburnt real bad and got blisters so like kind of was like nah i'm good just put me in the woods you know i'm i'm originally from wyoming and lived in idaho and then moved out here to pennsylvania when i was uh 10 or 11 somewhere in there Mm -hmm. and so i was just but when i went down to, to topsail i was just like wow the breeze coming off the ocean it's nice and cool even though it's hot and people were friendly and it was it was just a nice atmosphere yeah. to be in and i, I really it really is myself. yeah yeah people yeah. are just out, out to help you back here they're not out to step in your way no. <laughs> they, when they say southern hospitality they mean it. they mean it yeah yeah and the food yeah. you can't beat the food oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all been good i have yeah. not experienced four seasons here yet my <clears throat> wife has she used to live back here so she's been here before and loves it so she said we should just get out of washington and get back here yeah <clears throat> so i went on another adventure you know i'm pushing 80 years old now so i <laughs> gotta do something different i'm not far from where the 
white Sasquatch was was captured. That was up near Scranton area. That's about a about an hour and a half northeast of where I'm at in Pennsylvania. Mm. So it was captured. Well, not captured. Captured on uh, video, oh, video. Or, or yeah, or, or by camera or whatever. It was just a oh, little glimpse of it, kind of coming back behind a tree. But it was a, it was an all white Sasquatch. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers. Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Which I mean, it mm. it made big big talk in the Bigfoot community for uh-huh. you know, for a while because everybody they're like, oh, they're not white, and then all of a sudden someone captures one and or captures one on film, and uh-huh. uh, it was it, it was weird. So yeah, I I don't know. I I go out in the woods mushroom hunting or or hunting or hiking, and I'm I'm always looking always looking you know <laughs> hopefully one day i get an encounter but i always gotta say be careful what i wish for too at the same time yeah i wonder if it had pink eyes because that'd be an albino uh, right i don't know there. because i if i believe the the footage was i think it was dusk time because there wasn't much ambient light in the background and all you could see was like it was like peeking around a tree and then it just kind of oh popped back you know behind the tree and, and you couldn't see it um i think there's if you look on youtube i'm, I'm sure you can find the, the footage but uh it, it, it was I, I didn't even know they had had them in pennsylvania but you know after listening to sasquatch i've heard a few it, reports over the years about white ones yeah. yeah not not too often but yes uh-huh. you know and then you start finding they're in almost every state it's like not white ones but just sasquatch in general it's like geez okay you know, oh. growing up as a little kid, I always just thought they were, you know, you'd hear rumors, you know, over in Oregon and Washington and California, that's where Bigfoot lives, you know, and <laughs> being a little kid and, you know, early eighties, you know, your mind wanders and, you know, and then you start looking around in the, in the woods that you're, you're hiking and camping in with your, your family. It's like, well, these woods are pretty damn similar to what they have over there. So uh, it's not when it's when you're not looking through, you'll probably see one. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty, uh, pretty evident up in uh olympic peninsula where i just came from and i was part of the olympic project up there and uh they they do quite a bit of work up there on the in the olympics and i came with traps and tried to capture stuff something but they have been uh, not lucky so far and that's what it would take is luck because it's it's just uh these things have a they tune into human exploitation and they know a lot smarter than we give them credit for Oh, well, I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ones we dealt with in the Sierras are much, much, in, very intuitive, much smarter than what we give them credit for. I used to tell people even years ago, if you treat them just like a Native American in the woods that don't want to be found, uh, that's what you'll find. But I go a little further than that now. I, I think that perhaps maybe by their, because I've heard them, so many people say they disappear. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. How can that happen or can it happen? But when you have people from all the way from Alaska down into all the way down into here saying they saw one disappear and you, and then trackways will stop, well, those things go kind of together. Now, that happened to me, <laughs> finally. That's when I thought, okay, there's got to be something behind it. How do you figure this out? So we get into the science of quantum physics. 
Now, Newtonian physics is what we're all taught in in high school, right? It's, it's conditioned on the five senses and everything being material or physical and, and measurable or predictable. Well, that's Newtonian physics from 1687. But in the early 1900s, quantum physics got to be, well, Mites Plaque in the 1800s uh, got a Nobel Prize in 1918 for quantum mechanics and quantum physics is an offset of all that. So anyway, you've got to study the new stuff that's out there because it rides on the back of what we live with, the three-dimensional Newtonian physics, and uh, understand that there's so much more going on that, that we don't, don't really know about. Or we're trying to find out about it now as we talk. And, and it's kind of exciting because you feel like there's, you realize that there's really no end to space. That's what really got me. When I was a kid, I thought, okay, now if everything's measurable and predictable, how far is it to the end of space? Okay. Can anybody answer that for me? There can't be an end to space, right? Right. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, I, I don't see that there could be. I mean, I there can't always... be. What would it be? A wall? Yeah. Like I was always no. taught space was infinite. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh, how, how can anything be infinite? See, how do you, con you can't imagine that. You can't measure that. You have to conceive it. Just believe right. it because it has to be that way. You got to believe that about other things too. You know, we don't hear infrasound or ultrasound, but we know those sounds exist. We just don't have the frequency in our ears. And we, we can smell like a bear does. You know, they smell 2,100 times better than a human. Oh, yeah. They can smell right through a can and know what's in there, or maybe not know, know if they want to eat it or not. Right. Uh, they, we can't smell like that. We don't have an olfactory sense. And like I mentioned earlier, our, our sight is limited too. Mm -hmm. In classical science, they haven't really, why they haven't got a hold of this, because there's evidence is out there. Our sounds is evidence. I mean, that's hard stuff. It's been studied by PhDs. It's a, and then you got the Patterson film, which is pretty much accepted. One thing that puts a cloud over the Patterson film is it's second-run stuff. You can't see the original. Right. And that's what's really been a hang-up on that for a while. But it's considered to be authentic, what, what you do see. But just some, something missing. We just don't know what. Right. Uh, anyway, you got the evidences there. Uh, but classical science won't get a hold of it because... It falls out of the parameters, what they've been taught to teach and where they have to stay within the parameters. And they're, they've made up their, their system of, of you got to stay in that box of classical science, which is Newtonian physics. And you got to have a, got to have a body or you got to have, you got to have all, but if you get out of that and just loosen your head up, I said in the broadcast the other day, uh, if you're, if you're jumping out of the airplane in a parachute, it's got to work, right? If it don't work, you don't. If it don't open, you're gonna have a problem when you hit the bottom. You're gonna have. Well, you got to treat your mind like that. You know, you got to keep an open mind and, and conceive this stuff because you you won't see the science behind quantum physics, but you have to understand that it's all been established scientifically by physicists, and and it's accepted. And the theory that I get into with Bigfoot is what's it's hard to grasp because I think they, they have a way of changing to another dimension, possibly like, a, like the ghosts that some people do see, I think is it, it's a pixelation type thing. And, uh, you don't see the whole thing until they get in. I think they go to the fifth dimension. And I think that's where all, we're all trying to head that way with a higher frequency level. Everything is frequency, energy, and vibration. And if you stay with that and understand that that's just the way it is, uh, everything, 
You can change matter if you find the right frequency of it. That's how the masters did their miracles, yeah. in my opinion, because they said we could do it. Well, how do we do that? We got to find the frequency of something to change its matter. Now, can matter change into just energy? Well, yes, it does when you die or when. However, according to Paul D I R A C, his name, he's a physicist. 1933, got a Nobel Prize for the equation in, in quantum physics that established that matter can change into energy. Then you got CERN, which yeah. established that physically through their system in Switzerland. It happens, you know, it's called a, the God particle. Right. Uh, Boson, uh, Higgs boson. And uh, you just start studying this stuff and do your homework on it all. It gets fascinating and you get excited about it because. There's so much more going on that we just have to understand what's going on and how much more capable we are as human beings because there's all kinds of different frequency, frequential, let me say this right, frequential entities. And we're going to call them aliens for the time being, okay? That's They're just on a different frequency than we are. Some of them are trans frequency. They can change into our frequency. Some are, are in a frequency of their own. And uh, there's different types of aliens. Uh, I'm sure there's many, many kinds have been here before. That's what's responsible for those megalithic structures down in Peru and Bolivia, where I've been. And uh, it, it's probably responsible for how those elongated skulls with the 30% more brain matter, how they became into being. Um, aliens have been here. I think mm -hmm. they're here now. I think they're studying us. I think they want us. There's hybridization program going on. I mean... Uh, I think they can manipulate the DNA of uh, anything. And I think they've manipulated the DNA of a troglodyte, caveman. And uh, that, that DNA has produced uh, probably the Bigfoot eons ago. Right. Uh, some people want to argue, oh, they're just flesh and blood. Well, what's flesh and blood? Is anything just flesh and blood? No. no. no we're more than flesh and blood, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we I are. I really believe we are. We, well, we are. I mean, your consciousness can't die. Energy can't die. So where does that go? Your body can go. I'm, bye -bye. I'm so excited you came on because that, that is a big topic on this this podcast. You know, I, oh, I named good. it my third eye for a reason. Because, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the tenure gland. Yes. And um, it's just, it, this is gets brought up a lot, you know, and, and some people connect it to, you know, spiritualism and, and what have you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I get asked now and again, they're like, well, what do you believe? And I'm like, well, if like you're saying energy can't die and we're all energy beings at the end of the day, no matter if it's a squirrel, a bird or a human, you know, that energy goes somewhere into mm -hmm. the infinite. And now does that bring up the possibility of reincarnation? And maybe that energy comes back into another, you know, form it could, or it could not, you know, we, we don't know definitely, but, you know, and, and, and I'm not taking away religion from anybody, you know, at, at the end of the day, believe in what you want. I just know the path that, that I've been down the last probably two and a half years or so on just finding my inner soul and inner energy and inner consciousness of what, what I think happens when we die or what we are, or, you know. I never went to college for, for quantum physics or anything, but, it, but everything that you're saying with quantum physics ties into almost everything that, that I believe in an afterlife or even of life in the now. 
Perfect. You know, Nikola Tesla had a statement once. He had several statements, but he said, what one man calls God, another man calls the laws of physics. (laughs) So quantum physics is synonymous with spirituality. And that's the subtitle of my second book, bringing science and spirituality back together. Because they don't have to be separated. If people Mm -hmm. just get out of the box of classical science and understand there's more going on and understand that spirituality and science are quantum science anyway is synonymous and uh, yeah if you get your vibrational frequency high enough and you do that through love and compassion there i was going to wait the last 15 minutes to talk about that but (laughs) but if you care for other people and uh, don't live in a world of thinking you're the uh, victim all the time and and take every experience that you've got and take it to the level of something good has happened for it there's no such thing as losing either win or you learn something. So if we all learn something from our experiences, we will raise our vibrational frequency and be happy about it because you, you asked for that somewhere in your karma. Because I think you mentioned reincarnation. I firmly believe that. And I say firmly, I just do. It just makes all kinds of sense to me. If you have not responded to everything properly in this lifetime that you've got right now, you're going to have to learn it sooner or later. You got to learn what it's all about. The only way you're going to learn it is to experience it again, and hopefully you'll respond to it the proper way. And that's uh, that's that's how I feel. Yeah. Everything will be about everything about you will be better. Your your personal frequency will raise, and you, you're healthier. Uh, it just everything about it works better, and it's going to make you better. It's going to get you into where you need to be when this this life passes on. If you haven't responded to everything, you're going to have to come back and respond to it. Yes. Reincarnation, I do believe it. No, I'm not coming out. I was raised religious. Right. Okay, I, I was raised. I was baptized in the Susquehanna. Oh, oh River. I was in a lake in Alaska when I got yeah. baptized. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's funny we both did it in cold. You know, I did mine in January. Yours in Alaska. It's like, wow, that's weird. Um, what a synchronicity. You know, two different states, but very cold water. Um, uh, but you know, it that goes into. Uh, Oh man, I I had something that I I wanted to to touch on with what you were going with, but I, when you said that, I I drew a blank. So, uh, oh, oh, frequency. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Now you you did mention um you know aliens helping you know big, big, uh, build the you know these big structures and what have you. What are your thoughts on there? There's new theories floating around that free if you get something tuned okay take a one of the blocks that built the pyramids and you find the perfect frequency to that block can it can it elevate and be lifted and moved you know they do it on a very small scale with like sand or salt and they play different frequencies and it dances around makes different geometrical patterns and stuff could that be something that might uh you know help help build these i think it is you see those structures down there, and you know, I mean, you're talking about these boulders over 100 ton being carried for miles up and put on a 13,000 foot mountain and put together like a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, no mortar, just cut right. like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, we can't do that today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would take forever if you could even do it with a laser cutter or something. So, I'm, I'm yeah, there's something going on in sound frequency, and I think that's how they. They change things just, and make things move around. They can levitate. Uh, if you get the right frequency of anything, you can change its matter. That's where I go with my thinking. Is uh, Einstein said that too. Everything is frequency, energy, and vibration, and that's all there is to it, he says. If you find the frequency of whatever you're thinking about and want bad enough, wait, well, it gets into the heart of mind coherence here again, but 
not again, but for the first time, I haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> but you can change, you can change it. You're going to get the result that you want. And that's how miracles happen, because there's really no such thing as miracles. It's just understanding quantum physics. I think that's how the masters did their miracles, was through quantum physics. They said, we can do that too, because you know why? Because a very special high, high frequency alien created us. Right. I'm going to call, just for the sake of words, I'm going to say God. Okay. So we were created, and if you get into really biblical studies, which I've done, uh, a guy named uh, Paul Wallace has a real good uh, convincing uh, lecture on how God is plural, all the way from Genesis throughout. He's, he's got it all put together, all the way back to Sanskrit, all the way into everything. God is plural. Then you get into, oh, I don't know, hate to get scripturally on you here. You're fine. You can go. First James, <laughs> 1 James 1 5, I think it is, where God is light. And it talks about aliens, talk about. Uh, or I shouldn't say aliens, uh, a lot of cultures talk about light beings coming down, and they call them gods, uh, the shiny ones that come down, they call them gods. Well, these were light beings, that's who we were creating the image of, they're the ninth dimensional beings, and I, I think they're ninth dimensional, and they are, they are transdimensional, they can go anywhere, they're, they're the ultimate, that's who we're creating the image of, and we have to learn to become one with that as as it says in the biblical scriptures, it says, I wish it all could be one with the Father as I'm one with the Father. We're all one energy. We just have been separated from all this, this culturization ego that we have. Do you anyway, think, I, do you, I get do you carried think, away. No, you're fine. You're, Come you're, in on me anytime you want to. You're in the right place. Um, uh, do you think that could be why there is a resurgence in um, psychedelic mushrooms, ayahuasca use, uh, DMT use um, to I try do. and connect? Because I, I had a guest on that has, you know, does not DMT on, on a regular, but, you know, every every so often they'll do a, you know, a, a planned session or whatnot. And he, when he was telling me his experience about b meeting these light beings, um, I, and I asked him, I said, did they have a form? And he said, no, they were just you knew they were a being, but they were light. And in, in his, you know, journey that he was going on, he, he said he had some back pain in his lower back, nothing that needed surgery, but it had been bothering him pretty bad for, you know, a little while. And he said, I, you know, it was one of, after it wasn't his very first time. So he'd, he'd been in there and he said, I grew uh, the courage to ask them for help. And they were like, you don't need our help, but okay, here. And and when he came out right where his back, he, like he said, they touched him. And when he came to, he was all warm and tingly right there where his back was. And he hasn't had the back pain since. So it's <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. So yeah, I've um, heard other stories like that too, where, yeah. Uh, right. I got visited by a light one time when I was just a teenager. Uh, didn't know how to put that together with anything. Cause nothing happened other than this light in the middle of the night, just, woke me up i couldn't move i couldn't budge i tried to roll i even rolled out of bed and i couldn't even do that but it just came there and it was there for a while and it really kind of frightened me i didn't know what to think about it but right. startled me i should say i don't know that i was scared at all but it was different it wasn't a dream it was something woke me up totally and uh, i just say that because nothing special but it was special and when i think about it maybe Maybe, maybe that's what gave me what I got going on today, which is yeah, very <laughs> maybe well some information be. about Bigfoot, you know. 
But, uh, yeah, I think we have a lot to go through uh, to learn. We got to learn what we're supposed to learn. And uh, there's a way to learn it all. And we just have to keep prying at it. But, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, like I said, pushing 80 years old now, I hope I hope to have, I think we're in a time of enlightenment, mm-hmm. this age, new age stuff going on. And uh, just I think that's what the my encounter was all about in 2012, was opening up that gate for that time period of 26,000 years to be over with. And we started another, another the very last time period, the fifth one. And uh, if it's all going like that, well, things are going pretty fast, especially the way the world is right now. Uh, yeah. I think if we get too carried away with trying to destroy this planet, uh, aliens might just step up and stop some things. And uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for, because uh, I don't know what else is going to stop it. We all got to come together and learn what it's all about, or we're going to lose our planet. And they don't want that. They want this planet. It's the jewel of the solar system. You know, it, it's got everything other planets don't have. We got all these different species. We got water. We got everything mars don't have that they may have had it uh, eons ago but i think they want this they they've got a hybridization program going in to acclimate their species into this environment and uh i just think that's what's going on that's just my opinion of course all this my opinion except the sounds is not my opinion that's a fact (laughs) that is a fact and taking it back to the sounds um in when west plays uh some of the the sounds in in his intro i always hear now, to me, sounds like um, them saying, what the fuck? That's just what I get at it. Because he's like, what, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, that I, I don't know. I, I I could be wrong. I could be on to, you know, just something different. But after, you know, you hear it enough times and it's just like, to me, that's what it kind of sounds like. But maybe that's just my simple brain saying, you know, okay, maybe maybe I'm connecting on a vibe that, they're actually asking a question, maybe not saying those words, but, but saying, you know, like what's going on or what is this or who are they? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, somebody else has said that same, same, same one time, but you know, it's not unusual for us. If we only speak in English to take a word that sounds like something we th- means something to us, but it may not mean anything like that to, to them. Right. They do have a language, a very complex language, according to cryptolinguists. And, uh, you know, uh, what they mean by what they're saying, uh, we just don't know. He only transcribes it. He does not interpret it. Never had it interpreted before. I've had people tell me, we know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. They tell me what they say. But all these people tell me something different. So you don't know who to believe. Right. You know, and well, how, they how were trying you- to ask me something. How do you interpret a language that you've never heard? You know what I mean? Like, well, here's how you do it. You have to get one in to come in and point to a tree and say, Uga, Uga, that's a tree. And and then you know that Uga, Uga means a tree. It goes like that. And then first thing you know, you can figure out a language. Right. Because that's how languages are learned, you know, from two different people who two different, speak two different languages. And, you know, they have to somehow learn how to. Well, what I, what I was kind of alluding at is like these people saying that they can, they can, you know interpret it and and they know what they're saying but yet they've never to my knowledge I, I could be wrong they've never been raised by them to to put that practice to know okay Uga Uga is a tree and this is this and that, you know like, i don't know i i get a little sketch or skeptical when i hear people say oh yeah i can translate that 
Well, well, I'm very skeptical because people tell me that. Right. But you're gonna. I'm gonna learn it through through my opinion, through my openness. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna learn it through somebody else telling me, unless it res resonates with me through my whole being. Because we got to get into <clears throat> your your heart has a brain, and uh, if you can open up your pineal gland and and let your heart get in coherence with your brain, then your brain will will start telling the right way to go. Sometimes your gut feeling, your heart will. Say go right when your brain says go left. There's a bunch of money over there, and so you go left. Well, you got to learn to listen to your heart and take your take your your heart. Just make sure that it's open to the pineal gland. You do that through your meditation. I, in my opinion, if we meditate, I, I meditate every day, and it, it's important to keep that openness, trying to so you can receive things that you're supposed to do, and that that'll tell your heart, and you get that gut feeling, and just go with it because I think that's that's what will lead you into everything that's right. Absolutely. And since I've been on, on this journey of what people call spiritualism or whatever, um, I used to be, I'd hold grudges. I, I, I was, I was an asshole back in the day, you know, when I was younger, you know, hot tempered, you know, this and that. And now that I've changed and try to vibe at a higher, higher state of consciousness where I'll help people. I'll be kind, you know, and I, and I'm starting to see more benefits in my own daily life of, you know, like you were saying with health and everything else, I just feel like a better person. Like I'm not trying to get all hippy dippy, but you know, things that used to really aggravate me just fly right over my head. And it's like, mm -hmm. why did I ever let that, that bother me? Yeah. You, well, you we were all that. Yeah. yeah. I think I was that way too. When I was younger, just, you know, you don't realize what life's all about. You don't realize right. what you get when you get a little older. I but, mean, I never yeah. thought I'd be carrying a black tourmalite crystal around with me everywhere to, you know, keep bad energy away. You know, some people don't believe in crystals. Some people do. I don't know. It, 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 well, your I, pineal gland is coated with crystalline substances. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, no, crystal is a uh, crystalline substance is also throughout to your fascia, which is surrounds all your muscles, which is uh, how they do Reiki and how they help you with massage therapy, yep. uh, by, by activating the, uh, well, I'm not, my wife's a therapist, so I'm, I'm not going to try to chime in on, right. I, oh, I, she I, knows I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'd have to ask my wife. She was a uh, licensed massage therapist for, for many years. She's, she doesn't practice it anymore. It's just, you know, took a toll on you know like her her wrists and stuff um oh yeah they're, they're that, getting, is, that does yeah, yeah. but uh one of her her friends uh of the family is a is a reiki master and uh the, mm. this one time we went up to a cabin and my wife's back was just all out of whack and i mean she was in so much pain she could barely walk she almost didn't even make the trip and uh the family friend goes well let's go into the bedroom and let me let me do some reiki on you and she came out and she was just walking and i was just like yeah. damn that shit does yeah. work you know what i mean and, yeah well my wife's a reiki master you know so right. she knows what you're yeah. talking about right there it's, it's it's she helps people and they really get helped i mean they're helped yeah uh, it's not like she knows well she knows as much about your body as a doctor does in fact yeah. the test that she's passed is <laughs> it's harder than this is hard as some of the doctors you know right uh, anyway uh yeah, it's it's all good stuff and you're right, you will feel better if you raise your frequency and start doing good for people. And don't get aggravated at these little old ladies that double their medication that can't get on their, they can't get their car moving when the light turns green. You know, it's easy just to get 
well it would be easy it's not easy i don't get angry anymore you know it's just not worth it uh it takes you down yep. uh and if you turn yourself into a victim on every time you catch a cold or something too it takes you down so don't just think it's good for you mm-hmm. <laughs> just think everything's good for you. everything that happens is good for you absolutely you, you break an arm it's good for you because you're supposed to learn something from that oh yeah it's hard to grasp that sometimes some people don't want to go with that one but it's true i think it's true i couldn't agree more (laughs) decalcifying our pineal gland i think is critically important and we do that through diet you know we we eat non-gmo all the time we we uh she's my wife's gluten-free so we eat a lot of just gluten-free i'm not necessarily gluten-free but i I eat what she fixes and she's a gluten-free so I think all that works together for making you uh, healthier, mm-hmm. that along with your meditation. And you know, most people pray for this or pray for that. Well, that's where you're asking for something. The best thing you can do is just open your mind up, meditate. Meditate's when you're receiving something, not asking for something. Not that there's anything wrong with asking, but that's that's the difference between the two. Uh, it's just, I got to get back on something here. I want to say. <laughs> There's a guy, we talk about our energy. Of course, this is beyond both of us here, but this guy said this is um, nothing. Energy can't die is debunked. He debunked energy can't die. That's BS, he says. And he's not a physicist. He's he's saying Einstein, all these people were not right. Well, he's saying, well, no, when you die, your body's gone. You're dead. You're gone. Energy can die. Well, no. Consciousness can't die. Are we... Uh, telepathic any of us yes yeah there are some people yeah is there such thing as a remote viewing yes i mean russia's did that on us for a long time we we had a whole program going on remote viewing for a long time with the fbi uh how does that work if you're just a body and just flesh and blood then no there's more going on and that's why i say if these bigfoot beings have a human component to them maybe there's a part of like what we are, uh, what they are. There's another paper just came out. I don't know if you know who Melba Ketchum was, but she's a uh, geneticist that did a DNA study on these. She went into the mitochondrial DNA, which is the maternal side, and also the nuclear DNA, which is the male side, which determines what what created the thing. Right. <laughs> uh, maternal, MDA. Anyway, there's another guy, she was debunked because she went off on a tangent and says, well, this is a Nephilim from the Bible. This is aliens coming down, messing with the genome. Now, that's where she made a mistake, I think, because you can't do that if you're a scientist. Right. You know, uh, but this scientist, geneticist, went in and took what study she had. If you just take the study, there's nothing wrong with saying they're really hominid and just evolved up with this because there's so much human DNA. They used to say, well, remember, Melbourne Ketchum stuff was contaminated. Well, He's saying we're not contaminated. They are just that close to us. They're closer to us than the chimpanzees. These things are part human. Uh, he's not saying that right out, but that's what the that's how he could interpret the the DNA that she had working that she had going done. So there's two sides of that coin now because you got these scientists that want to say they have to be just flesh and blood, a relic hominid that just came up through the ranks, you know, just been here for a long time. Well, that's that could be very very true, but I think there's different types of them because I think different. Aliens have messed with the genome of different type species on this whole planet. That gives credence, that gives rise to the dog man, it gives rise to all kinds of creepy things that people talk about. Are you familiar with uh, Gary Wayne and the Genesis 6 conspiracy? 
No. Look at uh, if you enjoy reading. I have. I don't get a lot of time to read, but he wrote um, Je- uh, the Genesis Six c- conspiracy, and he started. He comes at it from a. He calls himself a, a Christian contrarian, um, but he he did a deep dive into like occultism, secret societies, the Bible, a, a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, he 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 wrote this book. And it starts out with the Nephilim of the Bible. And then he started looking into how uh, there was giants after the flood. And then, like a long story short, he, he even touched on, okay, yeah, there is possible, you know, uh, dogmen, you know. And he, he points to, you know, look at Egypt with Anubis. And then he even he hinted on there were actual salamander races and, and what we would call reptilians and this and that. And when I had him on, I mean, I would, my mind was blown. And I had to sit there and mm. like pinch myself. What's his name day. again? Gary uh, what? Uh, Gary Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, he sounds like he's right on my trail there. Yeah. And <laughs> or I'm on his trail. Well, I, I talk I about to... the Nephilim. I get into different theories of how how the giants are could, could still be here through the through the Noah, you know, the line of Enoch all the way mm-hmm. in through Noah and then into. Uh, uh, Ham, uh, you know, one of Noah's sons, his son, uh, Canaan, or Cain, uh, yep. inhabited the land of Canaan where the giants were, or uh, the children of Israel. I, I get into these different, I get into Rebecca's womb, you know, where there was a hairy baby and a cream baby, you know, the two right. two sons she had. How how that could happen, can, can yeah, yeah about, about one of every 400 pregnancies of twins can be from two different men so if they can manipulate and stuff like that they can get into the womb and they can change the dna of something like that even then and that's what the wars are also about today you know the the uh, edomites uh, which was in the land of canaan yeah. uh that's depicted in uh, michelangelo's painting uh actually two two bigfoot looking creatures in a cave that's supposedly the edomites line of Eden. Anyway, I, I go on and on and on, but it's fun. It's yeah. really fun, but you got to do your homework. These people that want me to tell them everything. Uh, I mean, I get emails every day. Somebody wanting to know this, that, and the other. Just That's why I wrote a book. So <laughs> <laughs> I explain it over and over and over, you know. Exactly. Uh, the first book I have, let me pop this in before we have to get off or something, but it's called Voices in the Wilderness, and it's a uh, it's my chronicle of doing this for so many years. And uh, uh, that's it. it comes with a download of a sounds. When I get to the context of sounds I talk about, you can hear the sound and play it. Uh, all this stuff's downloadable on my website to ronmoorhead.com. And then my second book is Quantum Physics, which are Quantum Bigfoot. It gets into the uh, anomalies. My explanation is what we're talking about today of this stuff. It gets into that. So much more going on. I could talk about it all night long, probably. <laughs> There's a lot going on, and you know, I'm I'm thankful for people like yourself that actually take the time and and put in the research, and you know, just not dismissing an, an experience that you had, you know, in in 1971 to actually look into it, you know, 72, 73, 74, so on, and then and now it's 50 years later. And you're still into it, but it's taken you on so many different avenues of yeah. life in, in in general. You know what I mean? 
Well, it gets under your skin when you've had it happen to you. Right. And you, you uh, want to find out how it happened and what, what, what rule is behind it. Because everything has an answer. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a question. Right. Uh, people say they see their trackways disappear, that it disappeared. Well, how does that happen? Well, if they can turn through their through frequency, they can change their matter into energy, which physically, in physics, can happen. What would happen to their trackways? They would, they would lose their density. The trackways would stop. That happened to me. And uh, I, my daughter saw one that morning. We found the trackway, and uh, these tracks were that deep, and we couldn't even make an imprint in the ground. Whatever made it was really dense, really heavy. And uh, I followed it until the trackways just stopped. You couldn't see where it jumped to a rock. can't see where it went into the brush. You couldn't see where it went up into a tree. And then I thought, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, can it happen? All these people have been telling me this these years. I had a guy in Alaska said he saw one disappear. And uh, wow. Then I had, uh, well, anyway, I've heard that over the years. I've had several people say that to me. They saw one disappear. And uh, can it happen? Yeah. Actually, this is a missing 401 uh, that David Polites uh, filmed me up at the Sierra camp. He's the only one I've ever taken in there to do filming. And he did that in 2018. And uh, uh, he did a real good job when I'm about 15 minutes. But the sequence right after me is this lady who was a tree bow hunting from a tree. And uh, I think she's bow hunting. Anyway, she was in a tree stand. And she sees this energy form, pixelated form, going from one tree to another. Did you see that? I, I anyway. actually heard. I heard this on a podcast. I forget. Uh, and on the same the same thing, the, the the thirty kids down at the high school and at the uh, senior UFO. So you got to wonder if there's a connection. Well, yeah, there is. It was about twenty percent of the Bigfoot sightings have a UFO component, a UFO connection. And I think the first I uh, mentioned this. Uh, the first report of that was in uh, uh, 1888, Eureka Times, uh, published by the, uh, brought up by the Huffington Post in 2012. And they said that uh, there was a rancher, this was printed in the Humboldt Times, I think it is, a rancher and some Indians, Native Americans, uh, saw this crazy, this moon come down, these three crazy bears jump out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the first report of a Bigfoot and UFO together. And uh, I seen a UFO, saw a UFO up at our camp one time. Big blue ball, a big blue ball. I mean, like the size of it, like the moon coming down, but it was controlled slowly, moving in and just went behind the trees there. And uh, this is when all the Bigfoot stuff was happening. So that's crazy. I think something's going on with the aliens and uh, they're. Here, if anybody don't believe in aliens, get your head out of the sand because they're here. And if we really get carried away with this nuclear crap all around the world, I think they're going to step up and, and it'll be as it was in the days of Noah. Yeah. So aliens came down and started making things different. Anyway. In a way, I kind of hope for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, I think that's the only hope we got. That's why yeah. I'm saying it. <laughs> I, I don't know. You got Putin over there fixing. Well, they fly these uh, nuclear warheads into uh, Venezuela. That's our backyard, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, when, uh, was it? Uh, yeah, Kennedy. He he stopped him going to Cuba at that time. Yep. 
And I know I was in the military at that time. We were full blood loaded for that one, but the ships turned around and went back. Uh, it's, anyway, it's we crazy. Don't talk. want to get into politics. We're already in too much religion, probably. But I don't like <laughs> yeah, to talk religion. Good. I like to talk spirituality. That's exactly. what it was. Yeah. And uh, spirituality is what we all are, whether we like it or not. Uh, religion is something man's put out there. And uh, I think probably there's so much more going on that even our government knows about. We just haven't uh, been told it yet. Like we just got the Roswell thing cleared up here a few years ago. You know, found out what a weather balloon. Uh, I think they only give us what they think we can handle, what we're going to be okay with. And there's just a lot more going on. Well, wasn't the uh, former military leader from Israel? Didn't he, he came out not that long ago and, and said um, that we weren't ready for, for their, for, for them to be like make full contact. And, and, but he, he essentially was acknowledging, yeah, they're here. It, you, y'all just can't, you can't handle it yet. In, in, I think in, he's right. Layman, yeah. In layman's terms. Yeah. I agree with that 100% because uh, you know, what would happen if we had free energy? How would that disrupt? That would disrupt. I mean, it would disrupt the world. Exactly. Look at look at what would happen. Uh, we can't have that yet, uh, unless unless we start destroying things more yeah. than what we're doing. Yeah. Or show that show that we we're we're capable of of handling it. But uh, we can wrap it there. That way, you can uh, you can go eat some dinner and. Oh, uh, sounds you, good. You must have wanna... heard. Her... No, no, I. <laughs> Um, if you want to let people know where they can get a hold of you one more time and yeah, and... sure. Uh, my website is a Ron Moorhead, M O R E H E A D one O.com. And, uh, my stuff is all downloadable, both my books, both my CDs. And, uh, like I say, the first book comes with a download of, of uh, sounds that you get, I think I got 24, 26 sound bites in there. And when I get to, it's my chronicle, when I get to the, uh, to the story, uh, what what went on? Uh, you hear the sound that was going on when I'm talking about it. Nice. So they're all, like I say, downloadable, uh, or you can get the hard copies. I don't send out the hard copy CDs anymore. Excuse me, but they can be had through different stores. They're they're out and about. Okay, that's awesome. Well, again, I I can't thank you enough. Um, the pleasure was all mine uh, to to finally sit down and and in in, in the world of of bigfoot talk to a legend you know a living legend. So, <laughs> you're too kind thank uh, you i just happened to be in the right spot doing something yeah. and uh, it was like gimlin was when he was up there that 1967 filming things that kept happening with us right and uh, that's that's what makes it kind of unique and very unique we didn't know at the time it wasn't happening with other people in different places but i've had a few people come out and say yeah that has happened to them but not continually at this one spot because uh just some strange things went on up there and like took... you said you know you, you didn't know hell it was 1971 you right know, it, it, <laughs> you, you got your you local new you, you barely had television stations you know what i mean like you, just a couple so <laughs> well wait like, a minute <laughs> no i i'm i'm a product I'm, I'm a 77 baby so i mean i i do remember well, a, more than just i'm a, a 40s i'm a 40s baby <laughs> yeah so uh but uh oh yeah um yeah this all started with eisenhower i think in the 50s but, yes yeah. That's when uh, the Roswell thing really came to, well, that's when, well, we all know the story. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, thank you very much, no, uh, thank Mr. You. Ghost, and, uh, for having me on. 
hopefully we can we can talk again and i uh i wish you good health and good good uh good energy and again thank you, thank you for for coming on and uh you know just 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 having a free flow chat and and like i said it, it talking to a leave it, leave everybody with one quote can i put one quote out there by uh edgar mitchell mm-hmm. you know dr edgar mitchell he said uh let's see how do you put that uh it takes classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. Well, where do I start? I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Another sapien that's on the globe. Lost cold, looking for the direction, but don't nobody know. The only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I've been starting to find out, doesn't really hold. Every highfalutin piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals. Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls. Tit jobs from Botox to lipos, light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope, walking the edge. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, shit And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, yeah Fuck And I've been wondering if, look I've been hopping down this rabbit hole for quite some time To find lines that connect through to all their lies They normalize a real life poltergeist To trust Pfizer with a remedy to make you right The thought's sick I take a chance and roll my dice Because something in my stomach isn't sitting right I wanna soul search, find a place to bring in light But I can't cause Fuck I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant It's cap You were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it, we batshit What we read in the covenant, it's cap We were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it I want the power to shake shit and shift shape Tap into pineal eye without a mistake We have the power to live right and get straight But they found a way to remove this, they bitch made Hey. Keep on calcifying glands with your flow ride While I flow ride the valor of rhyme I'm flying high by the seat of my pants A beat speaking to me, know I'm talking back every chance Hoping one day I make it overseas or to France But in the northwest I trip without a traveling band, yeah And that's word to my cat plug I'm higher than giraffe puss, look what the cat drug in Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub At midnight I don't fill it up with the tap cup Soaking in my cannabis suds, anything for a buzz Reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug Peel through a fat stash, burning the last nug I picture this dimension I don't want to come back from But here I am, still stuck in the bathtub My brain fried, but honestly I'm fine I'd rather not have one, I'm batshit I'm fucking batshit And it's your fucking fault It's their fault Straight up I'm done I'm batshit what you read in the covenant It's cap You were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this Upside down system Had enough of it Enough of it
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.